0: so raise your hand if you hear that reading and you say oh I really wish I could preach on that one <laughs> I had the same thoughts you've heard me say in the past that scripture writers used all sorts of literary tools to communicate their message from poetry to po- prose from myth to parable from comic strip to apocalyptic writing. If you don't know the literary tool being used, it's easy to miss the primary message. In today's gospel, Luke uses a literary tool that is really important for us to recognize. Do you know what it is? Let me give you a clue. Think for a moment, what do the following statements have in common? If I've told you a, once, I've told you a million times clean your room. It was so cold, even the polar bears were wearing hats and coats. I'm so hungry, I could eat a horse. I have a gazillion things to do today. My grandmother is as old as the hills. Your suitcase weighs a ton. It's raining cats and dogs out there. Exaggeration, good. But more precisely, what Luke is using is hyperbole. Exaggeration, clearly not meant to be taken literally, but designed to evoke a strong feeling or strong impression. When Jesus turned to the crowd and said, if anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple, he was using the literary tool of hyperbole. The original hearers of Jesus and the original readers of Luke would have known that. Would have known that it's not meant to be taken literally, but there's a strong message there. How do we know this? How do we know this? Well, for one reason, in another part of Luke, it's pretty clear that Jesus does not renounce his own family. However, he does draw a connection and take in those who are believers as his kin. My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. And there's a recognition that this hmm, new family might find itself in tension with the old or the original family. And we get a concrete example of this in our second reading. Paul in prison, an old man, writing to Philemon about Onesimus. Onesimus was Philemon's slave who Philemon sent with Paul on his journey. And Paul is sending Onesimus back, but not as slave, as family member as brother, as son. An extraordinary, radical challenge to the Christian community of the day as well as the social structure of the family at that time. So what's the strong impression or feeling that Jesus intends to evoke with this statement? Bluntly speaking, You want to follow me? It's harder than you think. It'll cost you big time. So, you better calculate the cost as best you can. And then you better be willing to give what it takes or to give up what it takes. You notice at the beginning of our gospel it said there was a great crowd following Jesus as he traveled. Jesus drew a crowd because he healed them and he fed them. But on this day, it's like he turns to them and to us and says, you know what, it's not about the healing and it's not about the feeding. It's about the mission of change and redemption and social healing in this broken world that we are called to And I, Jesus, am the focus, and the way is the cross. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I am pretty sure that those are probably not the original words of Jesus, but rather the words that Luke put in the mouth of Jesus. Before Jesus, the cross was exactly that, the place where criminals were were, were were dealt with in an excruciating way. There was no analogy, there was no symbolism. But after Jesus came, came the sense of, take up your cross and follow me. I'm not sure it's hyperbole, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's symbolic. That the cross means taking on this mission and aligning my work in the world with God's work in the world. And that leads us to the tough question. How do I do this? How do we do this? How do we engage in this mission? What is God calling us to do? That is not easy to know. It's not easy to discern. But in effect, that's what our parish theme has been about all year. Stop, look, listen, stop. Bring the whirlwind of your life to a halt, if only for a moment. Take a breath and remember, you are in the holy presence of God. Look. Open your eyes and look around. See your surroundings and recognize your place in them. God has an idea for you right here, right now. Listen. Listen to the sounds of the world out there, but also listen to the sounds of your head in your heart I'm pretty sure the Holy Spirit is beckoning give her both ears and this is also the focus of our all parish retreat that's coming up next month under the title of responding to God's call we seek to be in touch with God's call in our lives right now no matter our age our status, our struggles, our blessings, and we seek to respond to that call. That's what our retreat is all about. So as each of us does this work individually, we also want to reflect on our community, the community of disciples at St. Charles. From where I stand, I just want to mention a few things that I think are part of this attempt to align our work in the world with God's work in the world. I have no doubt that our future partnership with De La Salle North Catholic High School is certainly part of this ongoing discernment. And I'm grateful to those in the parish as well as those at De La Salle who are working on that partnership, including Judy Ludwigson, Sandy Bossom, Egbert Kunrath, and Oscar Leong. I'm also grateful to Mary Evans, Jane Evans, Jeannie Moser for stepping up this year to lead faith formation efforts with our children. You'll get more details about that very soon. I'm grateful to our pastoral council, and and in particular, our new members of our pastoral council, Nisbet Johnny, Marciel and Amelie Toos, Margaret Retz, Peggy Johnson, as we embark on a new year of leadership in our first meeting on Tuesday night. I am aware that we are in need of leadership when it comes to the important area of social justice ministry which really is a a core piece of the identity of the the St. Charles community and I am grateful to so so many of you who contribute time and talent to the parish in far too numerous ways to mention here and of course I am grateful to all of you for your financial support to the parish. Your generosity each week is, is, well, just an extraordinary inspiration to me. So, your homework assignment. I would ask you to give serious consideration to participating in in the October parish retreat. You'll get more information about that at the end of Mass. But if that doesn't work for you, then I challenge you to take at least one full hour, sometime in the next couple of weeks, to reflect on this question. In what ways am I called to engage in the mission of Jesus? In what ways am I called to engage in the mission of Jesus? So to close, I just want to share with you uh, something that I found uh, humorous in its timing. Uh, as I was, uh, I, I want to share with you the words of one of the scripture scholars that I read in preparation uh, for my reflection this morning. And uh, he was talking about how Jesus turns to the crowds and, and says what he says. And and uh, he put it this way, he said, Jesus talks tough and straight, as if saying to the crowds, and I'm not making this up, friends, we're not on our way to the parish picnic. (laughs) Commentator, of course, didn't know that we, here at St. Charles, actually are on our way to the parish picnic. Uh, Now, we've moved it indoors today, which will guarantee that the sun will come out. Uh, But um, I hope you'll respond to Jesus' call, but I also hope you'll join us for the parish picnic.